Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. Well, happy 2019, everyone. This is the second episode of the new year. I've been talking with a lot of uh, charter captains and guides over the past, oh, I don't know, two weeks or so. And there's a lot of preparation being done for the new season and a lot of anticipation of some uh, great uh, fishing and a great opportunity to take a lot of people fishing. So we're excited for everyone that we've been working with. Um, One of the things I think I covered in my last episode is that we need to be prepared right now to uh, start taking advantage of this influx in web traffic that has been spurred or is going to be spurred by all of the trade shows coming up. Now, if you don't personally participate in a sportsman show, uh, don't think that you're going to be excluded from this opportunity because what happens is a lot of people will go to those sportsman shows, they'll uh, look at different adventures and trips that they want to take, and then they'll go back home and, and they'll do uh, some researching. And uh, if your website is up to date and uh, they come across you, they just might as, uh, might contact you versus somebody they met at one of the sportsman shows. And so take this as an opportunity to uh, take advantage of, of, again, this traffic that comes in, really in the first five months of the year, you're gonna get 70% of the traffic to your website on average if you're in the sports fishing or the sports hunting business. Well, anyway, without further ado, this interview is with Randy Hamilton. And Randy's a real interesting guy. He grew up in the Northeast, uh, always fishing up there. And uh, he, 28 years ago or something like that, uh, moved down to Florida, opened up a dive shop, and then started offering fishing trips out of the dive shop. One thing led to another, and now he is uh, a full-time fishing guide and, uh, and fishing charter out of Marco Island, Florida. I've never been down to Marco Island, but it sounds like a really cool place. It's a, kind of a destination area that people go to and, and uh, hunker down for the winter and to escape all the snow and the cold, but they have fishing year-round down there and uh, Randy offers both inshore and offshore fishing adventures out of Marco Island. And um, sounds like he'd be a great, uh, great guy to fish with for a day or two. So anyway, um, off and, uh, uh, to our interview with Randy Hamilton of Wild Thing Charters. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for taking time out to uh, listen to yet another episode. Uh, Today we have a very special guest in Randy Hamilton from Wild Thing Charters on Marco Island in Florida. Randy's one of those lucky guys that gets to enjoy uh, nice warm temperatures all year round. And and, uh, I'm really envious of uh, what Randy does and where he's at. Randy, are you with us? I sure am. And thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. We're looking forward to this conversation. You know, it's it's right after the first of the year in 2019. And uh, just que- I'm, I'm just curious what the what the weather's like in your part of the world right now. Well, the weather's been as close to perfect as it can be, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, temperatures have been in the mid-70s. 
and uh, evenings are a little cooler. Yeah. So it's uh, it's quite welcome after we get through the summer months when we're dealing with a uh, little warmer temperatures. So yeah. we kind of enjoy it now. Very good. Now, are you are you down by the Keys or something like that, Randy? We uh, Marco Island is due west of Miami. Uh, on the uh, Gulf side of the state, uh, but we are 90 miles from all the keys, whether it be uh, <laughs> Key Largo to Key West, because the way the keys kind of crescents or curves around into the Gulf there, uh, it, it keeps about the same distance from all of them from us. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, it, uh, it, it sounds like a beautiful place, and, and you fish year-round, don't you, Randy? Yes, sir, I do. Yeah, and um, you know one of the things that um, and 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 we have a lot of listeners from your part of the world, and so this is maybe a little bit redundant to them, but for others that uh, you know fish out of the very far northeast or northwest or even up in Alaska or other parts of the world, um, you have two different types of charters that run out of your part of the world. They're they're called inshore charters and offshore charters. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Yeah. What, what's the difference between the two? Well, the, the inshore charters, uh, they're run mainly in the bays and back in the, uh, the backwaters, the mangrove islands, and that uh, a few of the, 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 the tidal uh, rivers and everything. And uh -huh. then the offshore, the offshore is basically in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, we have some, you know, it's offshore, but we call it near shore. And then again, the offshore, some people might call deep sea fishing. Got it. Got, got it. And what type of charter do you run, Randy? I do the near shore and offshore charters. Uh-huh. Oh, very good. So I, I'm just curious. I mean, um, I think I remember from a conversation that you and I had at one time uh, that you're actually from uh, the, the northeast part of the U.S., how in the world did you make it down to Florida, and how did you become a fishing charter captain? Well, uh, basically, I used to vacation here, and uh, at the time, uh, uh, my wife and I had decided, you know, to move uh, to Marco Island because, you know, we liked it so much, and we I actually opened up a dive shop for well, scuba diving. Yeah, I did, yes. And, uh, uh, you know, after doing that, uh, uh, I had met a, uh, uh, a gentleman who was a retired dentist, and I uh, started using him to run some dive charters for me. Well, he uh, ran some fishing charters, so I kind of started mating for him uh, once in a while because yeah. his wife was usually his mate that when, some, when she couldn't go, I would go. And, uh, you know, he was running some dive charters for me, and one thing led to another, and he come up one day and said, Hey, he says, um, the wife and I are going to travel around the motorhome and, uh, wanted to know if I wanted to purchase the boat, which I did and, uh, uh, had the boat. And then, uh, I figured, well, it was time for me to get my captain's license. And, uh, you know, I started running dive charters and then I also did some fishing charters because of the, you know, he did uh, do some charters himself and I yeah. kind of inherited some of that. And it just kind of morphed into uh, more fishing oh, versus really? diving. Uh huh. Now, how many years ago was that, Randy? Uh, 28 years ago. Holy smokes. 
So now, now you grew up in uh, in in uh, the Upper East Coast of the U.S. Yeah, I I, I, I grew up in uh, Western Pennsylvania, okay. uh, about sixty miles northeast of Pittsburgh. Right, is where I grew up. In a, you know, just kind of a farming community there. You know, out in the country. Yeah. Uh, I guess the the, the town that uh, was close to me was a town called Indiana. It's a small university town, Got IUP. It. Uh huh. Did, did you fish much up there? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I I've always loved to fish. Now, okay. where I was at, it was just a couple of lakes, mostly streams, and a lot of uh, farm ponds, oh. and that there. But as a as a young kid, I used to play a, quite a bit of golf. Oh yeah. And I always carried a uh, pocket fisherman in my golf bag. <laughs> you and one of those popeel things, the the uh, Popeil pocket fisherman? Yeah, yeah, you know, really? and uh, uh, yeah, I carried that in my bag, and whenever I got the chance, if I saw a fish or something like that there, I'd whip it out. My dad would look at me and shake his head. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I'll be darned. Uh, so you were catching, what, bass and that sort of thing? Bass mostly, yeah. That's what I yeah. kind of look for most of it. Yeah, I'll be darned. I'll be done. So, so then, when uh, what what prompted you to come down to Florida, and how long ago was that? Well, I'm gonna say probably the first time I made it to Florida was probably '82, okay. somewhere in there. And uh, my in-laws at the time, they had uh, a condo here on Marco Island. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we would come down, you know. For, you know, uh, some vacations, uh, you know, once a year, uh, maybe twice a year uh, for several years. And, you know, it's a beautiful area. And uh, like I said, I've always, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up freshwater fishing. So when I came down, I actually kind of started fishing for bass, more freshwater versus the saltwater. Oh, yeah. And I didn't okay. really learn the saltwater fishing until I moved down here. Uh -huh. And then I started doing much more saltwater fishing. Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So kind of fast forward to where you are right now. You, um, you're you an offshore or a deep sea fishing charter right now. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. What, 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 do, you, uh, what do you fish for then off of Marco Island? Well, you know, uh, I like to fish for what's biting. Uh, <laughs> this time of the year, uh, uh, you know, depending upon the time of year, we'll determine the species that you're going to catch. Now, one thing that I have found out that, you know, there's a hundred different species of fish that I have a possibility of catching. And okay. you can catch any of them at any time of the year. Okay. Really? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic fishery down here and there's always, something to catch i mean you never go out and not catch anything that right. doesn't happen unless maybe super storm or something like that comes in even then you catch something okay right. but uh yeah uh but uh you know right now uh it's a lot of snapper when the water mm -hmm. temperatures cool down yeah that's when we you know seem to get more snapper than uh you know most other fish yeah, but, you know, and then you've got the red grouper. You know, the snapper and the grouper; those are our two uh, uh, base fish that you know we just we just catch year round. 
Right. And, you know, the, the grouper is maybe a little more prevalent in the warm weather months where the snapper is a little more prevalent in the cooler weather months. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how far offshore do you go? Well, anything from just a few miles to, you know, out to 30. And then I've, I've been farther too. So once in a while, you know, if somebody wants a, a little extended trip or want to do something uh, different, you know, we could venture out, you know, 40, 50 miles if, you know, need be, if they wanted to try something like that. Right, right. And, and what, what, do you catch other types of fish when you go out that far? Uh, yes and no. Uh, again, most of the fish you catch here, you can catch them at a mile off the beach or 150 miles off the beach, okay, from Marco. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're, you're typically going to get in maybe to some larger ones uh, on average, uh, especially more so now than maybe it used to be, you know, right. 30 years ago. Okay, okay. So in regards to what's available or, or you know, somebody calls you in, in January, who we're in right now, and ask, you know, what, uh, what's biting, um, when they, you know, when they call you in June, what are you, uh, what are you targeting in the different types, uh, times of the year, Randy? Well, June is a, is a, a kind of a unique month for us because it's, it's one of the best months to fish down here simply because of the variety of fish that are available to be caught. Uh-huh. Uh, we could be, we could be catching, you know, and I know this is typically a fish, these couple of fish are typically known for backwater or inshore fishing, but I catch them offshore in the month of June, or I can, that'd be speckled trout, snook. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, those, you know, they start to push offshore a little bit. Actually, you know, I mean, that kind of starts in April and goes into June, uh, but you, you've, uh, you've got permit, you have barracuda, that uh, you have the uh, ability to catch at that time of the year. Uh, the Goliath grouper, because, uh, uh, you know, the waters are warming. So uh, uh, the Goliath grouper, you have options with those. And, you know, there may be a few Spanish mackerel that's available, but we're starting into the red grouper season. Got it. You know, that's kind of, uh, you know, like the beginning of the, the, the better months for the uh, red grouper. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, are, you're, you're still catching. Go ahead. Uh, and and there are different types of grouper, are there not? I mean, you just when when I think of grouper, I think of the Goliath grouper, but you've got lots of subspecies of that too, right? Yeah, there there is actually 18 different species of grouper really? that are in the Gulf of Mexico. Now, the the ones that that I predominantly catch are going to be the Goliath grouper. Uh-huh. The red grouper and the gag grouper. Okay, those those three groupers, the red being the most plentiful of the groupers uh, that we catch uh, here here off of uh, Marco Island, and then you have the gag grouper, uh, which is, you know, a real tasty fish. They that fish that grouper can get up around a hundred pounds. Now, rarely do I ever. I've never seen one that big I, i'm thinking i'm thinking that's maybe a, a world record for that there but yeah. uh you know we'll get them in the you know 10 15 you know you get a decent one might be 20 25 pounds 
Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty big one for us here. Uh-huh. And then the uh, the red groupers, you know, they range from four pounds up to about 15. You know, that's a, that's a big one. Got it. And then the Goliath, I mean, they're, they're just monsters, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when, I'm, when I tell people, you know, if they don't catch one 100 pounds, we don't even consider it large until it gets to at least 100 pounds. But wow. uh, it, it's quite common to catch them 100 to 200 pounds. That's very common. Uh, yeah. the, the 200, you know, 250 to 350 pound fish we catch all the time, but you better be ready for it. You, you know, uh, it's, you're not going to just by luck get that one in. You, you have to kind of know what to expect when you're doing that one there. So, so what is that fight like? I mean, are they, uh, I, I, I've never, I've never caught a grouper. Is that, uh, uh, are they just pulling down and, and uh, uh, hugging the bottom or how, how do they fight you? Well, what the, how, how grouper, okay, I, I'll just take the, the red grouper and that there because they kind of like to lay in the holes in the uh the natural uh rock bottom okay and you know what they do is they lay in these holes and they're they're looking up and they will come off the bottom and attack their prey and they're going to grab it once they swallow they're going to turn around and they're going to head right straight back into that hole that they came out of oh okay and with with any with any snapper or grouper or reef fish for that matter, you know, after you they, they're hooked, their first reaction is to head back to cover, you know, get back in there. Uh, because as you know, in their world, it's eat or be eaten. And, you know, they get out there, they grab something, you know, and they get it and they go right back to the cover, you know, to, mm-hmm. to protect themselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Goliath grouper, you know, they're going to do the same thing. Now, they may not let, be laying in holes. They may be laying up against the side of a ledge or the side of a wreck or the side of an artificial reef, <laughs> something like that there. Uh, the gag grouper, they'll, they'll crawl into some holes in that there, but they, they actually will suspend themselves sometimes uh, in the water column uh, okay. and just kind of lay there. You know, where red grouper, I've never noticed them to do that. You know, they'll lay not down on the bottom. Now, they will come out and cruise around uh, in that there, and that's typically when there's crabs floating to the surface is when oh. I notice they get up off the bottom and, you know, they'll be swimming up in the water column. Right. So you, it, but, it, uh, it, but, doesn't, it doesn't sound like there's any question that you have a fish on the line when this happens. Oh no no yeah yeah you you know because the the grouper the red grouper uh, now again depending upon the size of the fish but you know that first ten fifteen feet is is uh, you you've got quite a battle on your hands hands yeah. uh, now the larger ones you'll feel that battle the whole way up until you see the fish you know and that might be you know fifteen twenty feet under the surface or ten you never know I mean they just they just battle you the whole way to the top. Right. And, you know, they're, they're just they're just trying to get back into their hole or their cover. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Now, the, now the snook that I've fished for, you know, is sort of a walk and stock type type thing, you know, or uh, you're, you're sight fishing for those uh, and that sort of thing in 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 picking up the snook offshore. That must be different then. 
Yeah, well, see, what's, what they're doing is they move offshore and they spawn. Mm-hmm. And there can be a school of 50. There could be a school of 1,000. And, you know, if you're fishing in a school of 1,000 fish, they're a lot easier. They're pretty easy to catch because <laughs> so 100 of them don't have to want to bite. You just need one out of 100 to want to bite it. So. <laughs> right, right. But, be but, but they, 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 yeah, they push offshore to, uh, to spawn. Uh-huh. And that's typically where now they're catching release typically that time of the month. You know, I think the season closes at the end of April, you know, okay. for, you know, to be allowed to keep them, but mm-hmm. all summer long, you can catch them, you know, uh, right. just catch and release them. So, so when you have somebody that uh, book your, your boat and you take them out, I mean, do you have conversations with them about uh, what they want to fish for, what, you know, if they want to take home any, fish with them, that sort of thing. How, how does that go, Randy? Yeah, well, I would ask people, you know, first off, uh, uh, you know, what type of fish, you know, what is it that they would like to catch? And then okay. they'll give me a, you know, a couple of fish and I'll tell them, well, that's a possibility or not really a possibility this time of the year or not caught probable uh, this time of the year. And then, of course, you know, I, you know, go into uh, the length of the trip that they want. Uh, you know, if they're, a family and, you know, they're just looking for a half day, you know, or anybody looking for a half day, you know, I tell them, you know, it's my advice that you, you know, you kind of take what's biting. Right. Uh, because, you know, you just, you just don't have, you may not have the time to get what they want. It doesn't mean they won't get what they want, but uh, at least, you know, they're catching fish. Mm-hmm. And uh, most people I found, they want to take something home to eat at least, you know, for a meal or two. Right. And, you know, of course, you get your meat hunters here and there, you know, that, uh, you know, just want to try to take everything they possibly can. But, right. uh, you know, uh, and there are a few people that, uh, you know, they don't care to keep anything. They just, you know, they just want to catch them, not really, you know, care what they catch just as long as they're catching something. And, uh-huh. you know, they may say they want something big or they may want, you know, something to eat. So and some days right. we can we can fill both of those for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and, and you brought up a point there. It, it sounds like you fish both the experienced fishermen and, and family, right? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I get a lot of, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched families grow. I've watched kids, you know, start out in, you know, grade school and, you know, now they're graduating colleges and running their parents' businesses now. Right. Uh, you know, when you've been doing this for 28 years, you know, you kind of run in, you know, you experience that. And, uh, you know, they, a lot of them, you know, they really the only time they probably fish is when they get to come out and go fishing with Captain Randy. So, and, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've learned how to, and they know what to expect. And yeah. Isn't that a cool feeling to see a kid grow up in a boat like that, you know, and, and keep enjoying the sport, uh, for, you know, for as long as you can, you can think back, you know, I've been, uh, 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 fishing up in Alaska and uh, been fishing with some of the same people up there over over the years and and uh, I remember this one young man his name was Brian and he was nine years old when I first met him and holy smokes you know you uh, uh, if, if he was awake he had a had a rod in his hand and you know not much has changed in the last 30 years for Brian he's the same way you know he got that bug and he just ran with it and and yeah, I tell you what, that's uh, I've I've known several kids uh, that are like that. I mean, 
the entire time that a line can be in the water, they have a pole in their hand. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just relentless at it because I've had brothers, you know, going after each other. And the one brother's always wondering why his brother catches more fish. I said, because he fishes harder. He fishes longer. It's very, very easy to see. But, you know, uh, you, know you, you get the people that have the true passion for it. And, uh, you know, never going to change for them. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful feeling. That's for yeah, sure. absolutely it is. Well, you know, you mentioned the word passion there. And passion not only is something that, that fishermen have, but it's something that a charter captain has to have also, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's like anything. If you, if you love what you're doing, it, it doesn't really seem that much like a job. Yeah. At least not when you're not when you're out on the charter, you know. Right. When I'm doing an oil change on my boat, that's a little different. But, you know, when I'm taking people fishing. You know that's uh, that's as that's as that's enjoyment there, right? So what keeps you going, or what keeps you up? You know, early in the morning, you know, for so many years. What what what's your passion about the sport? Well, like I always tell people, sure beats a real job. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, look at it. You got you got to do something, and most people only get to go fishing on Saturdays and Sundays, and. I guess to me, every day is a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that what a great way to put that. Now, what what did you do before you were running the charter boat and before you started your guide shop? Were you uh, um, working a nine to five? I was uh, actually working grocery stores. You were. I was. Yeah, I was a uh, 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 manager in grocery stores, and which was the most miserable job I think I've ever had. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> That's long hours, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, it just, it, it just wore on me because I did it through not, you know, worked in the retail end of it, you know, and that there, and it would just, it, it just wasn't fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it sounds, it sounds like you found your, your dream opportunity. That, that is awesome. So, so personally, you know, if you had one fishing trip left in you and you wanted to go catch, you know, the, the, um, the, 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 the type of fish that you love the fish for, what would it be? Well, I would have to say if I, if I had one trip to pick, I would want to, uh, it would be for the mangrove snappers and it would be, you know, just free lining big mangroves. Oh, that okay. would be uh, that would be the one trip I would love to. You know, I mean, I still do them, but uh, that would be it. That's that's my favorite out of yeah. everything. That's for sure. Now, now, what do you mean by free lighting? Uh, free lighting mangroves. Well, you know, you just kind of chum the fish up into the water column, and you know, you're just basically a, a light line with a hook with a piece of bait on it that you drift back into the current. Ah, got it. And. Uh, you know, they pick it up and off they go. I mean, you can do that with many different fish. They do it with tuna. You can do it with kingfish. Uh, they do it down in the Keys for tarpon, you know, many different ways. It's right. just that, you know, the size of a snapper, uh, it just, it's, it's, it, it's a fun fish to catch. It fights hard, but you catch it, you reel it in, and you go back and get another one mm -hmm. versus going after that one fish that you fight for hours and hours and then you're done. Right, uh, one fish. I'd rather catch a hundred versus one. Good point. Good, good point. 
in, in, interesting. So, so tell us a little about the, the boat that you run and the equipment you run on the boat and that sort of thing. What, uh, um, uh, you know, what do you, what do you offer people when they uh, come fishing with you? Well, the, the, the boat that I run, I actually, I believe it, it's the perfect charter boat for uh, the environment that I'm in. It's a, uh, it's an inboard diesel. It's okay. uh, it's the manufacturer is Island Hopper. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a 30 foot long and it has a, a 12 foot beam. So, you know, I take up to six people on my boat and all six people can be on the boat and you're not elbow to elbow. You've got plenty of cockpit room. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's quite comfortable. Uh, 99%, 99.9% .9 of all my fishing is anchored up, uh, fishing. And therefore, you know, with the type of boat that I have, it's very stable on anchor. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, it's 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 a little, little easier for a lot of people to uh, to be able to move around and feel comfortable and that you know uh, on board uh, offshore with it. Uh, the type of uh, electronics net that I have, I've got you know some Raymarine and then I've got some Furuno, and uh, you know it's got your you know modern chart plotter, GPS. It's got uh, radar. You know, which uh, it's kind of nice to have. You know, we get a few foggy days, and sometimes you yeah. get the rain and that there in the summertime, and that type of stuff there. Uh, and uh, you know, all the fishing, it's all pretty much stand up. Uh, I've got a large cushion in the center of the boat, which is very comfortable for while we're you know underway. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of different large coolers that can also be you know doubled as uh, uh, benches or seats. You know, seating. Uh, right. It does have a headboard, you know, for, you know, the women most definitely appreciate that. Absolutely. And then uh, it's got a hard top, so, you know, you can get out of the weather if need be. Uh -huh. uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it works out real well for here. It's, uh, you know, it's a 22, 23, 24-mile-an-hour boat. You know, it's not super fast or anything, but it gets you there in good time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't, you don't get beat up because I've been on plenty of boats that, you know, they go 30, 40 miles an hour. But by the time you get there, you kind of, you know, you, the whole time you're underway, you're kind of tense because you have, you know, every time you hit that wave, you know, you're bouncing off of it. Right. Where, you know, a little heavier boat uh, kind of takes the seas much better. Yeah. Than yeah. some of the lighter boats. So. I'll be nice. And, and the, uh, the, the type of fishing gear that you run? Well, the the majority of the fishing tackle that I use is spinning tackle. Uh, and me, I, you know, the lighter the tackle, the, 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 the funner it is, in my opinion, to, uh, to uh, fish with. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's, it, you know, it, they're like 10, uh, 4,500 uh, spin fishers. You know, I've got like 15 or 18 of those. And then I've got, uh, for my uh, bottom fishing in that there, I've got some fathom, pen fathom reels. As you can okay. tell, most of the I use is, is pen simply because of the durability factor. Okay. Right. You know, one thing I found, it doesn't matter what kind of reel you buy. When they're brand new, they're sweet as can be. Mm -hmm. Okay. However, over time and with the salt and that kind of stuff there, 
even some of the good ones can kind of fade away real fast. And I, I've had real good success with the pen uh, uh, tackle. And then I've right. got uh, a medium spinning tackle. Uh, and then I've got uh, some of the larger spinning tackles, you know, when you get up into the 7,000s or 700s in the uh, spinning tackle. And uh, yeah, the grouper, just, you know, the bottom, just open face reels. That they can be casted, but bulk of it is just simply dropping down. Right, right. Are are you fishing for any billfish where you're at? Well, I have caught them over the years, but it's not something that you would come here to look for. Okay. Uh, yeah, the the billfish. I mean, they're in the Gulf where I'm at, but you know, the continental shelf from where I'm at is 180 miles. You know, to get out, and that's you know where the Gulf Stream. So, you know, it's it's much easier to head to the Keys and you know uh, go from there. Right. Well, that may, well that makes sense. That makes sense. So, in your community, Marco Island, is it is it um, kind of a snowbird uh, type community with a lot of tourists? Or uh, yes, yeah. it, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, the island itself is six miles by four miles, and. Uh, I think it has a year-round population uh, or a resident population of about fifteen to 18,000. Uh, but during the height of the season, the population can uh, inflate to about, you know, 40,000, I think I've, been, I've heard uh, mentioned. Wow. Now, is that like a barrier island? I mean, is there a bridge across to it, or how do you get to you? Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's two bridges that you can uh, to get onto the island, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's you know people have been here for I think since the 1800s. There's been people living here, and I guess the Caloosahatchee Indians they used it uh, 400 years ago. Something about the weather, you know, uh, it, it misses a lot of the bad weather, kind oh, of really? like where it sticks out. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, do you get your occasional hurricane coming through, uh, or do you miss those yeah, also? Yeah. Well, we, you know, we miss most of them, but uh, here in, see, what's this, 1917, we had Hurricane Irma, which gave us a direct hit. So oh, I've been yeah. here 30 years, and there's only ever been three hurricanes in 30 years. So that's one every 10 years uh, that have been through, you know, that I would say were on Marco. That was... Uh, Andrew, Wilma, and then Irma. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, it does sound like you miss a lot of them, then. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, interesting. So on, on Marco Island, then, it sounds like there's a lot of condos and resorts and that sort of thing. Yeah, we've got uh, – we have a, a JW Marriott, okay. uh, which is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's – uh, it's like a Taj Mahal. It's unbelievable. Uh, we also have a Hilton and then another hotel, a Marco Island uh, Beach Resort, uh, as far as hotels. And then after that, it's the rest of them are condos right on the beach. And in, you know, off the beach, and then you've got a, uh, a lot of residential uh, uh, living in there. Uh, right. You know, of course, you have condos kind of spread out, but uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them, you know, are just people that come down for the winter, you know, right. spend two, three, four, six months, you know, just depending on uh, the person. Yeah. So on the business side, are you getting 
more um, uh, residents fishing with you, or is it is it uh, a lot of the tourists coming in, and then are they rebooking with you? What what's sort of the mix on that? Well, uh, the bulk of my business is repeat customers and uh, families. You know that uh, uh, lots of families. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably the the largest single group of people that I take out fishing. And then, uh -huh. of course, you have uh, you have uh, people that have been coming down for year. You know, every year. You know, August first. You know, they head to Florida and they stay to down here. You know, to Marco and they stay here until the end of April or tax time or whatever. And, uh, you know, I get, uh, you know, guys that in certain communities or condo buildings in that there that will, you know, have been fishing me for several years and that there, and then you get into, uh, the summer months and that there, and you, what, what, uh, you get a lot of, or a lot of people from the East coast and other parts of Florida that will then, uh, come over to Marco Island to fish. Uh -huh. Because with oh, the, 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 snapper, the snapper and the grouper fishing is so much better here out of Marco than it is on the East Coast. I mean, guys come over and tell me all the time, says, oh, we can never do this here. You know, unless you want to go out for dolphin or tuna or kingfish right. or something like that. They, you know, when they want snapper and grouper, they, they, come, they like to come here to Marco because wow. it's just, there's, they're much more plentiful here right now. <laughs> And the summer months are really good fishing there, aren't they? I mean, they're hot, but my understanding yeah, yeah. is the fishing is really good. Yeah, that's 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 the best time for the fishing, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's terrific. But fortunately, you know, we have fantastic year-round fishing. So, you know, uh -huh. you're kind of splitting hairs and you say it's better than, right. uh, you know, versus the winter. Well, you've got a lot of water to fish, man. And like you were saying, hundreds of different species of fish and that sort of thing. I, I can't imagine someone coming down and, and not enjoying uh, or being disappointed fishing in your part of the world. Well, like today's, you know, uh, today's trip, I mean, these guys showed up and they were, you know, it was a convention group and everything was, they were kind of backed off and, you know, we kind of talked to the people, the organizer of the group said, Hey, you know, we're losing our tide here. And, uh, you know, I, it, we basically fished them through a slack tide. You know, there, it, it was coming to an end at the beginning of their trip and it was just starting to move out at the end of their trip mm -hmm. and that there, but we caught fish the entire time. They weren't big fish, but we caught fish the entire time. And yeah. that's, you know, the guys were just like, you know, you know, they, they couldn't believe it. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, um, Randy, you, you, uh, you have a son, do, do you not? I have two of them, yes. Terrific. Are, are, are they destined to become charter captains? Well, uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, uh, they, they, they've never been big fishermen. I mean, I always tell them all the time, I would have killed to do, you know, been in their shoes at, that, at their age. Now, my older son, my 16-year-old, he has found that, you know, he can make some nice coin on his uh, breaks and that there, and he's actually starting to enjoy fishing more and more, you know, oh, as great. to, uh, you know, to, to getting out there and that there. So, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, when he gets a little bit older that he doesn't, uh, doesn't start to enjoy it more and more. So, sure. But, uh, you so never know. My, yeah. So my question is, you know, your, your son gets a little bit older and, and, uh, after a trip sometime 
a, you know, you're enjoying a cold beverage with him. And he goes, Dad, he goes, I, I really want to follow in your, your footsteps and I want to be a charter captain. What would you tell him? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it, 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 I would tell him it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, but it, you know, you can, you can get a lot of satisfaction out of it. Right. Uh, because, you know, I mean, it is for me to sit there and watch some young kid or just somebody who just don't catch many fish or hasn't caught many. And I see people catch fish all the time, but you know, just the sheer joy that the, from their facial expressions and that there is, you know, it's, it's very satisfying sure. in that there, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a good life. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you're not gonna, you know, you're not going to go and buy the hope diamond or anything like that there, but, uh, you know, you can make a decent living, you know, <laughs> with it and, uh, you know, and, and have a lot of fun. Well, and, and you do make a lot of difference in people's lives. You know, I've, said this many times on the podcast and, and I'll say it again, you know, when, when that time comes, when we're going to leave this world and you're sitting there on your bed, kind of re reminiscing what's happened to you in your life, you're probably not thinking much about the business deals and the other things that you, you know, you've done in your life. You're probably thinking about that time that you went out with Captain Randy and you hooked all those groupers. You know, and, and with, you know, with your family or with your sons. And that's the type of experience that you provide as a, as a charter captain is making memories that uh, will last a lifetime. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there's things that, you know, that I know people will never forget. Yeah. And uh, there, there was, there was one time in particular, uh, this one grandfather, he, uh, wanted his one grandson to catch a barracuda because the other one had caught a barracuda. Well, the other grandson, he uh, hadn't caught one. And he was, you know, he was a little bit upset about it and everything. Well, Grandpa, I mean, he worked and he caught this bear, got this barracuda on and gave it to his grandson. And it was, a, it was huge. I mean, this thing was probably in the 50 inch range. Wow. Well, he was fighting this thing. And while he was fighting it, all of a sudden, there was an explosion behind us and it looked like a 55 gallon drum had been dropped from 50 feet. Okay. So just imagine that kind of, you know, and what had happened was a 500 plus pound Goliath grouper just ate a 50 some inch barracuda. I mean, just oh blew God. up on it. Yeah. And he was so upset, you know, that that had happened. And I told him, I said, you know what? I said, you're never going to forget this. I said, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Okay. I've been, you know, doing it a long time. Well, I seen him here all last summer, I think it was. And he tells me he remembers that to this day. <laughs> Absolutely. But holy smokes. Really? Really? Oh, amazing. So if somebody wants to come fishing with you, Randy, how do they contact you? Well, you can uh, you can contact me via a phone uh, phone call or text. Uh, the numbers is two three nine eight two one seven zero five four, or you can email me at wildthingcharters at gmail dot com, or you can go online at wildthingcharters dot com. You know, I, I've never asked you this, but 
how in the world did you decide on the 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 name Wild Thing Charters? Well, it was uh, it was mainly being in the wild. I love. I mean, I'm a I'm a hunter and a fisherman. Okay, I I fish for a living, but my vacations I try to spend hunting, and uh, you know just the wild. Okay, doing the wild thing, and that to me that's the wild thing. Oh, terrific! Is hunting and fishing. Ter- terrific. Well, I'm, um, you know, I really appreciate the chance to, to chat with you today. And uh, it's just been a real pleasure working with you and, and also learning more about, uh, um, you know, your business and your thoughts on it. And, and we really appreciate your, uh, uh, your candor with us today. Is there anything that you want to add uh, be- before we say goodbye? Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything, you know, there. Uh, you know, other than, you know, it's just, it's uh, Marco Island. So uh, if you've never been here, it's a fantastic place. I mean, I've heard so many people say when they drive over the bridge, they've never seen anything quite like it. And, uh, you know, the fishing is, the fishing is second to none. Yeah. And, and people can get there through flying into what Miami and then driving over. You can fly. Yeah. The, the main, uh, probably airport is Fort Myers, uh, okay. Southwest regional airport. Uh, yes, you know, that's that's 50 minutes from Marco Island. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very, you know, it's small by, you know, most airports, but it's, you know, in and out quickly. Uh, right. You know, you can also, Fort Lauderdale, you know, you can fly into there, Miami, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Miami's probably an hour and a half, Fort Lauderdale's an hour and a half, something like that there from Marco Island. And, uh, and then you, know, you still Tampa. You know, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that's, that's a little bit further, about 150 miles, I think, right. you know, from that airport there. But, you know, probably the, uh, you know, be the two main ones would be Fort Lauderdale and uh, uh, the uh, Fort Myers. Got it. And if people were up visiting Mouseland up in uh, Orlando, uh, you're, what, three hours away, something like that? Yeah, it's, we are three hours south. That's, that's just about exactly correct. Yeah, so that's a that's a reasonable drive to come down and spend a couple of days fishing with you. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's not far at all. Yeah, very definitely good. a nice little change up. <laughs> Terrific. Well, Randy, again, we thank you so much uh, for your time, and uh, we wish you the best in 2019 and and uh, you know tight lines, my friend. Okay, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Very good. Us too.